Even though uh, she wasn't happy about it, I did want to talk about um, the wise men at Christmas um, because I want to talk about how you come into the Lord's presence at Christmas. And um, the wise men are kind of like the first international um, Jesus conference that ever happened. And, uh, you know, coming into the presence of Jesus from afar. And uh, so I thought that and maybe it's appropriate to talk about how to enter God's presence at this time of year. Maybe they can help us with that. So Dad already did. Uh, we've had two renderings of this story already. Um, so I'll just, I'll just recap it. Uh, without the voices, I'll, I'll recap it. And uh, So the Magi um, come, they say, where is he? And they ask Herod. Herod gets the scribes together. He referenced, the scribes reference Micah 5.2, um, talking about how it's going to be in Bethlehem. And um, it's interesting because um, the Magi knew a lot coming, but they didn't know about Bethlehem, which I find is interesting. They didn't know about that Hebrew prophet, uh, Micah. Um, or if they knew about him, maybe they didn't understand the reference. Um, and then uh, he called, uh, Herod asked, you know, when did that star appear? Which is probably him trying to figure out how old Jesus is at the time and because uh, he wanted to kill Jesus. And then he says, okay, so now I know how old he is, so now go find him and come back. And that's probably because he wants to know where he is and um, because he probably wanted to kill the wise men too and get rid of any witnesses. Um, like I said, um, the, because he was trying to figure out, they were trying to figure out how old Jesus was, um, it suggests that Jesus was already born um, and that they were coming uh, to see a young child. And if you listen carefully to the story, it says house, it doesn't say stable. And they saw the young child, they don't call him an infant, it's the young child is the reference. Many times it's referenced young child. And they worshipped him, they presented their gifts, which we're familiar with. There weren't probably three of them, people, and they had their dream. Okay, so that's the story. So the first thing I want to talk about is expectant worship. And how when you come to worship, when you come into Jesus' presence, you want to come expecting. And... I think that the, the Magi are a really good example of coming into the Lord's presence expecting. Um, when you look at how much work that they went to in order to figure out where to go and in order to get there, it's incredible. I remember um, sometimes we went to a lot of, you know about one thing, but it's IHOP uh, is a International House of Prayer, is a ministry in Kansas City that has this big conference for young people, 25,000 people go roughly every year. And this is the last one, so I encourage you to tune in and watch it. Um, and we love one thing, we've gone there uh, many times, um, and it's always a struggle. It's probably the closest I've come to a Magi experience. Um, it's like going to one thing in the winter. The roads are notoriously bad, and it was only last year after we've gone to all these one things that we found out that North Dakota doesn't salt their roads, and this is maybe one of the reasons why it's so horrible there. They just close them. And so one time we were driving, and my family is like somewhat adventurous on roads. Uh, we were kind of born and bred that way. I don't know if it's because of my parents and their history, but we just don't take no for an answer when it comes to closed roads or icy roads or slippery conditions. It happened again today. We're heading out to Altona today, and my mom was talking to me about the roads, and she's like, it's snowing, do you think we should go? And then she looked at me and she said, 
maybe it'll be an adventure. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> Don't say no. Anyway, so the road was closed and we were, I think we were coming back. At the, it's always an adventure going there or coming back, one or the other. And uh, the road was closed. We still we stopped for a little bit. The road didn't open and we were done at Walmart. And so we got, went out of Walmart. We were like, well, let's just go anyway. But we couldn't go on the road because they actually close it. They actually use gates on the thing. So we had to go up side roads. Um, so we went up the side roads, which are hilly. Like they go up and they go down, right? And they're not scraped as often. And I, I, we were following each other. And I didn't have my license at the time for some reason. I can't, neither of us could remember why. But Natasha was the only one who could drive. And uh, we had another car with my sister uh, and brother-in-law, I think, uh, in that car. And they were, I think, in front of us, maybe behind us. And I remember stopping and watching this mouse. There was, we could see this mouse on the road. It was obviously very white. There was no sand on the road, so we could clearly see this mouse. And he was on the middle of the road, and he had seen us coming, and he was scared. And he was trying to get out of our way. And we could just see his little legs pumping and pumping, and he was not moving. He was just turning in a circle, just trying to move, but he couldn't get any grip on the ice. It was that slippery. And so those are our adventures. We have been on the road many times. I think there was another time we went. It was because we were going on mission, and we actually drove, we flew out of Kansas City, and we were counting car after car after car that was in the ditch. There was one time we saw this car that had been on the road, and we had watched it. We were from behind. And we didn't even have winter tires, you know, and we were just driving, we just believed. Maybe we were just driving on faith. And there was this car and it started to spin slowly in the road. And then it stopped. And it wasn't going nearly as fast and it just kind of went forward and it drove off the road. <laughs> we were like, yeah, you're done. <laughs> uh, so who are these magi? Uh, the wise men. Uh, they're attracted to Jesus. Wherever you find Jesus, you're going to find people who want to be in his presence. Uh, people come. People come from all over. And the Magi um, are, it's another word, it's where we get the word magician. They're sorcerers. And um, so they're in, the, in what we would now call the New Age. Um, but at that time, like today, the kind of intelligentsia of today are all atheistic, right? They're like not Christian and they're not in the New Age either. So today, New Age is an alternative, right? But at that time, if you can imagine the New Age, um, astrology and things like that, but that being in government, like if you went to the courthouse, instead of seeing people like lawyers and things like that, uh, people who had studied atheistic you know, uni universities, you would see astrologers and things of that nature. So it was, wasn't the alternative, it was um, the intelligentsia who were actually in that culture. And so these were, so it's kind of like the New Age, but not maybe how we would see it. It wouldn't be kind of in the corner, it would be up in front, but it's the same, generally speaking. And um, so when it says wise men, it's actually saying magos, or magi. Magi is the plural. And we see magi through the Bible a number of times. They're not normally mentioned in positive ways. One reference, just to give you an example of it, would be in Daniel 1.20. So I'll read it to you. It says, Daniel, Hananiah... Mishael and Azariah, I'm always just, that's just, I'm not used to saying them with those names, but anyway, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, he added them to the Menagri of Magi, so the group of Magi, and it says, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters. 
in, the whole, in his whole kingdom. So these people were always calling on these magi, and this is an example where the people, the, Israels, the Israelites, were actually more um, intelligent or powerful, um, and, uh, but they're there. Now, you kind of think about these magi coming, and normally you picture them just coming because of the star, right? It's the star that drew them, and that's probably the most important part of why they came. And I'm not going to get into the star. There's so many theories about the star, and maybe one day I'll preach on it, but there's just a lot. There's a lot of different kind of people who have really specialized in understanding what this star was, and it just got a little beyond me. Um, but there's maybe more to the star, and that's something that uh, you can look into. But there was another kind of angle on this, which I thought was really interesting, and that is that the East actually has a long history of interactions with Israel that these people, these magi, uh, maybe or maybe even likely uh, knew about before they came. And we just often don't think about what experiences they had with the Hebrew God before they came. Uh, one of the first to mention is Balaam. Balaam was a prophet, uh, not prophet, a magi from uh, Moab, which is just east of Israel, so it's east, and he was called upon by his king to come and curse Israel. And uh, he said, I can't, basically. And, um, and this is the one where the, the talking donkey, and that's usually how people remember him, where he was being told, and, and God was really putting pressure on him. Like, you kind of even said, I'm not going to do it, but I think God just really wanted to hit the point home. And um, because Balaam was a man who was known for cursing. Like, this was his job. He was constantly cursing people or, and cursing people for money. And he was um, potentially pretty successful at it. His name means destroyer. And um, so in, instead of cursing Israel, he ended up blessing them with four different prophecies uh, that he gave, making the king, um, Balak, pretty upset um, that he paid him to curse them and he ended up blessing them four times. And one of these uh, blessings that he spoke over Israel instead of cursing is in Numbers 24:17, And I'll read it for you, or at least a piece of it. It says, I see him, capital H, him. Um, but not now. So basically, I see Jesus, but not yet. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. And then it goes on to say, and batter the brow, the brow of Moab. And this is where Balak continues to get upset because he was, this is the king of Moab and he's basically saying this, Israel is going to come and beat you up and destroy all the sons of Tumult. So Balaam is, was in Moab in the east. He's prophesying accurately over Israel. And he's prophesying, he's the first pro prophesy, uh, prophetic uh, words about the star, about the star that's going to come. And um, so I just think it's really interesting. And there's, there's historians who actually believe, and I don't know if they have a lot of evidence for it, but they believe that Balaam may have actually been um, the founder of the magicians who came and worshipped Jesus. Um, there may actually be a direct connection where these were kinds of, of his tribe, not, not necessarily culturally, but of his practice.